Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. You're very welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, series two, episode eight. In the show, we like to visit the places of your Irish ancestors and bring their stories to life. Before we start into the show, do remember any resources or references that we mention in this episode can be found in the show notes at a letterfromireland.com forward slash 208. When the people of Ireland migrated to the four corners of the world, one destination was picked for many of them, the far-off land of, you guessed it, Australia. In today's show, we share the story of a reader on the letter from Ireland. Her name is Jennifer Joy Doyle, born Connolly, and her family story travels from Wicklow in Ireland all the way to Melbourne in Australia. To help us answer Jennifer's questions, I'd like to welcome Mike into the studio. As you know, Mike Collins sends out a letter from Ireland each Sunday morning from our cottage here in West Cork. You should be here on Monday to see his inbox. Come Monday morning, we have hundreds of replies to the letter. And Jennifer's letter caught our eye a while back. So we decided to to write a number of replies to her questions. And Mike is here to answer the questions today. I'm going to read Jennifer's part in the letter. And I beg your humble apologies here now because my Australian accent is not going to be up to scratch But Mike, you're very welcome to the Letter from Ireland show. And can you tell us why you picked Jennifer's letter to answer in detail? Thanks, Karina. You know, I think Jennifer's story illustrates the shared themes that we notice from all of our readers from Australia, and actually beyond Australia as well. And maybe our readers, our listeners, actually notice some of their own stories in there. So I do hope you enjoy, everybody. And thanks to Jennifer for sharing. So here we go, and I'll read Jennifer's part, as I said earlier. Hi, Mike. Lovely to hear from you, and a good day from me here in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. A very good day to you too, Jennifer. The surname I'm most focused on is Connolly, which is my maiden name. My married name is Doyle, and as you can see, both are of Irish origin. Well, Jennifer, first to say, I completely apologise for my attempt at an Australian accent there a few moments ago. But, you know, just in reply, you're right there. Uh, Connolly is found over many parts of Ireland, while Doyle comes from the Irish for dark foreigner, um, basically a reference to the Danish Vikings. And, you know, dark is essentially the actual word dove in Irish, and foreigner is typically gall. So if you put the two together, um, the grammar changed a little bit, becomes Dove Goyle. So if you say that very, very fast, you hear Dove Goyle, Doyle, Doyle. So, um, yeah, it's found in the southeast of Ireland for the most part. Well, I know quite a lot about some of my ancestors from Ireland from the Connolly side, but I'm totally stuck with what happened to the parents of two young boys who came out here to Australia. Just to fill you in a bit, Mike, I know that two Connolly brothers... James, who was aged 16 and born in County Wicklow, Ireland in either 1849 or 1850. And Patrick Jr., he was aged 13. He set sail, they set sail on the clipper ship called the Underlay 
on December the 22nd, 1866, from Liverpool, arriving in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, in February or March 1867. James Connolly was my great-great-grandfather, and he was the one born in County Wicklow, Ireland. The parents' names are Patrick Connolly, Sr., and Mary Swain. Well, you certainly have your research done there. It's nice to have those facts, Jennifer. Now, I took a look through the available online records and discovered that James was actually baptised in a small village called Bally Connell in County Wicklow on December the 17th, closing up on Christmas, 1848, while Patrick was baptised in the same location on April the 27th, 1852, all there at the tail end of the Irish famine. Now, it's a lovely part of the world in the southwest of County Wicklow, near to the market town of Tullow, just across the border in uh, County Carlow. Now, Swain also is an interesting surname, and you'll also find it uh, pronounced and spelled swan, or swain with, a uh, in the first place, an I in the middle, or a Y in the middle. And it's Old Norse for servant, and it's been in Ireland since the 1200s. Well, Mike, I'm intrigued as to why. Why did these young boys come to Australia on their own, seemingly by unassisted passage, so the government didn't pay for their passage? And I presume their older sister, Mary, was already here. Perhaps they came to live with her. I only discovered they had a sister when I typed the names of their parents on Google and up came the Blue Mountain Victoria Cemetery records showing a Mary Connolly with the same named parents. What a wonderful find and that was quite unexpected. Yeah, it was indeed, Jennifer, and it just goes to show that a simple search can throw up so much. Sometimes when people ask me a question, I put the facts of their question into Google and out might pop a forum where they asked the question previously. Uh, but, you know, and they've been given an answer by some other kind person, but have never seen it. So it makes me look very good. Now, Mary was also born in the same parish as Patrick and James in March 1836, their older sister, of course. However, I would be a little suspicious that this is necessarily the sister of the two lads given the wide gap in ages. So it's entirely possible, but you know, I just kind of be a little bit careful. Regarding the loan passage to Australia, I think that's where we start to look at the stories of other emigrant families to Australia. Let's call it a mystery or a good story in the making for now. Well, thanks for that bit, Mike. Um, Mary Connolly married Patrick Murphy in Australia, and he, Mary, and two of their daughters, who died quite young, one at six and the other at age 16, they're all buried there. I've since found that they had about four other children as well. Mary, from her death record, was born in 1836. It didn't say where, but I presume in Ireland, and she was quite a bit older than James and Patrick. I know Mary must be a sister of James and Patrick Connolly because they share the same parents, and I know that James Connolly's son and later family members all had their children birth records showing that they were born in the Blue Mountain, Victoria area. It's all a big mystery, one that I would love to solve. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned previously, it's possible that this Mary may have been a cousin rather than sister. And it's always good to stay open-minded on this unless you have solid evidence. But of course, it is possible that she is the sister. But you know, when you're doing a search like this and you come across facts and you so want to believe it's very easy to kind of put a tick in the box and say, that's mine, 
and I'm happy with it. But you know, until you have that solid proof, it's well worthwhile holding off just a little bit. Yes, I, I can see your point there, Mike. Um, perhaps the parents may be died in, Aus- in Ireland. Uh, I can find no record for either of them in Australia. And it makes me think maybe they never came here. But again, I could be wrong. I've tried to search records for the County Wicklow area, but I have not come up with anything matching the names, not for James or their parents' marriage, which dates that match. There is such a lot of repetition of names with James and Patrick Connolly coming up quite a lot, but nothing that seems to match the family or the marriage of Patrick Connolly and Mary Swain. Yeah, well, we started to unravel some of your questions with the given records above. And, you know, it shouldn't be too hard to find some more with a little extra digging. However, be aware that civil records, that's the ones kept uh, officially by government, only came into place in Ireland for Roman Catholics in the 1860s. Before that, we rely on church records, and there can be a little gappy at times. However, saying that much, as we go forward in time, more and more of these records, even the gaps, are actually being filled um, and actually by records being taken, if you like, out of churches and actually placed online over time. Uh, you know, the fact that the two boys, Mike, left from Liverpool, would that mean maybe the family was living in England at some stage? Or perhaps uh, you would probably know this, maybe all Irish emigrants to Australia had to leave from England. I wonder, did any ships leave directly from Ireland in those days to come out here to Australia? Yeah, I mean, at that point, many of the passages to North America and Australia left from Liverpool. Um, you're, you're dealing with kind of the onset of steam passage at that point. Um, and, you know, I suppose kind of a few years later, pretty much everybody would have left from the likes of um, Liverpool and later Southampton and so on uh, via steamship, both North America and down to Australia. But, you know, it's, it's kind of a good question. Now, you're... Connolly boys in this case most likely departed from Dublin for Liverpool with direct onward passage to Australia. And, you know, the thing to be aware of in there is that Ireland and England, where Liverpool is, were not two separate places. They were both part of the United Kingdom. So therefore, that was not considered a move from Dublin to Liverpool as being an emigration or an immigration at the time in terms of records. Oh, right. Well, another very interesting side of the family is that James Connolly married a Frances, nicknamed Fanny Flanagan, and her father, Anthony Flanagan, was a convict who was sent to Australia for life at age 16, his original death sentence having been commuted to life in Australia. Obviously, Mike, a very naughty boy. He was sentenced at Kings County, which I'm told is now called County Offaly. Surprisingly, after he became free, he married a Frances Burns, who I'm told was the prisoner overseer's daughter. So her father's name was William Burns. Isn't that lovely? Gamekeepers and poachers getting together like that. Well, you know, it just goes to show you never can tell. Now, coincidentally, Burns, you know, spelt with the B-U-R-N-S or B-Y-R-N-E-S, was the most numerous surname across Wicklow. So there may have been a natural affinity there. On the uh, naughty bit... You did not need to be very naughty to get shipped off in those days. You know, we dealt with a family from Tullow, nearby Tullow in the green room, uh, not so long ago. Their young son was caught stealing a cloak, sentenced to seven years transportation down in uh, part of Australia. Then the rest of the family stole something so they could accompany their young family member just to actually be all together. 
So strange times indeed. Oh, what a lovely story, though, that they all stayed together. I feel such an affinity with Ireland and a strong pull to visit there as I have a strong Irish heritage from my mother's side of the family, too. Her maiden name is Kerr, which I always thought, Mike, was a Scottish descent name, but was once told by an Irishman that Kerr is actually Irish. Yeah, well, in my mind, Jennifer, when your family spends a number of generations in Ireland, it makes you Irish. I think we should start there. Now, we have a great melting pot of old Gaelic Irish, Viking, Norman, English, Welsh, Scots, Huguenots, etc. All Irish, when you look at it that way. Kerr, that's K-E-O-R, can be directly of Scottish origin and found in quantity in counties of Ulster to the north of the island, but it can also be a version of Irish Gaelic names such as Carr, C-A-R-R, and Karen, K-E-O-R-I-N. Well, when I hear Celtic music, it's like it speaks to my soul somehow, and so many of us in the family have lovely singing voices. Right, we're going to have to hear some of those voices. And what sorts of songs do you sing? One of the songs that your Connolly ancestors would have been familiar with in the area of South Wicklow and Carlow would have been Follow Me Up to Carlow. Might be time to learn that one. Let me just think if I can actually remember the words. So it's Curse and swear, Lord Kildare, Fiac will do what Fiac will dare. Now Fitzwilliam take a care, Fallen is your starlow. Up with halberd, out with sword, on we go for by my word. Fiac McHugh has given the word, follow me up to Carlo. Well, indeed, it might be time to learn that one, Mike. I was also told by an Irishman that County Wicklow is a beautiful place. Is it so? Yeah, it is indeed, Jennifer. A lovely place of great farmland, lakes, wild mountains, and all down to the sea. And in the middle of it all, you have the very lovely, sacred place of Glendalough. It also seems that it may be time for you to start to think about planning a trip, now that your ancestral homelands are coming into focus. Oh, there's one to think about. Anyway, Mike, I hope I'm not boring you with all this. It's getting as long as war and peace. Looking forward to hearing from you soon. My name is Jennifer Joy Doyle, and I was born Jennifer Joy Connolly. Not at all, Jennifer. A great letter of introduction. I even had to leave some out. Some of those uh, replies should help you get to the bottom of your Irish family and will give you plenty of help along the way anyway. Thanks very much, Mike, for coming on board and helping us with Jennifer's letter. So, did you enjoy that letter from Jennifer? Something else happened after we got that letter. Jennifer joined our green room, and coincidentally, we were in Wicklow filming a Homelands feature for another member, and we came across the church in Ballyconnell that she mentioned in the letter earlier, spoke to the caretaker, took some wonderful pictures and shot video, and shared them all. So there you are, it all came full circle in the end. Thanks very much, Jennifer, for sharing that letter with us. Sadly, it's time and now we have to wrap up today's show. That's our eighth episode on Series 2 on the Letter from Ireland show. I do hope you enjoyed the chat and wasn't it wonderful to have Mike here to answer all those hard questions. I look forward to having your company again here with us next week. So everybody, slán till next week. That's goodbye in Irish. Slán galair, goodbye to you all. Remember, listeners, We'd love to hear from you too. Perhaps you have a story like Jennifer's. And you can let your comments and check out more at a letterfromireland.com forward slash 208. Just before we go, thanks again for listening. 
And if you have enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we invite you to check out our special membership area called The Green Room. You can find full details of The Green Room at aletterfromireland.com forward slash green room. And remember there, green room is all one word. The Green Room is the essential resource for anyone at any stage in researching their Irish heritage. It's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. You get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The Green Room is the perfect place to be for anyone starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So do come and join us at aletterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Well, that's it for me. And I'll be back next week with another installment of The Letter from Ireland Show. Look forward to chatting with you then. Slán Karina.